Welcome to Get This Shit, the bi-monthly podcast that answers the questions you've always had, but forgot to ask. Prepare your earballs. Get this shit. My name is Cassie, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Sam. Back and better than ever. What's up? (laughs) We're so glad to be back. Thanks for uh, weathering the break with us. Yeah. Uh, We had a little, I mean, it wasn't all summer vacation, but we had a lot to do, and uh, we did it. We did it. We did it. And now we're back. Ta-da. Like it's a magic trick. To dance. <clears throat> and if you just discovered us and you're binging and we're not here for the break, enjoy this new episode that you just uh, started oh, yeah. listening to. <laughs> Hello. Hello, bingers. We love and welcome you as well. Yeah, yeah. What up? Hey, friends. Well, uh... We, like we said, we are doing some stuff. Uh, we went to the Ozarks. Yeah. Which is in Missouri. Didn't see Jason Bateman. No. No Jason Bateman. But we did go to the casino. Not the casino. Nope. Oh, my God. I was like, when did we? Oh, my God. Bitch, when did you we go to talking... the casino? Oh, my God. I was watching something about. MGM and the Caesar right now because oh like, they got hacked and like oh I thought you were talking and, about the like the MGM fire back in the eighties oh my god no but uh, <laughs> no the very recent hacking uh, go for it <laughs> <laughs> turns out um, sprinkler systems were not a mandatory thing in building codes until crazy. It was the MGM fire, and there was also a fire in the nightclub that this band oh, called yeah. Great White yeah. um, played. Uh, they were pretty good. They're decent. You know, I would say, you know, good six and a half, seven out of ten, you know, uh, <laughs> rock group uh, that had some, like, pyrotechnics in their show at a nightclub that was crowded. and. Yeah. Pyrotechnics ignited stuff, went up like a tinderbox. There was no, like the sprinkler system. I think they had one, but it wasn't like uh, updated and up to code and like it malfunctioned. And uh, yeah, very few people made it out, if I remember right. But anyway, so now sprinkler systems are a huge thing uh, and important and extremely necessary. And everyone uh, agrees to that now. Yeah. so, welcome to our new listeners. <laughs> this is a, like Sam said, totally normal episode. <laughs> Sorry. Safety I, Sam. Look, I just happen Safety to... Safety Sam Corner, man. I happen to know certain stories about when shit went wrong, and then it's, it's kind of like the the labels on... Warning labels on things. Like, there's a reason for that. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason we had to put this on here. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a, so I think, I forget the name of it, but it's a Swedish chainsaw company that says, do not place blade uh, near uh, one's genitals. Oh. And it's because, I'm assuming, 
because I've seen videos where people can't get the chainsaw to start. No. So, no. Uh, and it's hard to like hold it and pull at the same time and get a good pull at the right angle. So what some people thought was a good idea Mm-mm. was to stick the chainsaw like no blade in between their legs to hold it steady as they mm-hmm. pulled the pull string to try to get it started. <laughs> and why thus gave themselves a Darwin Award. Well, somebody's got to win them, you know? <laughs> right. Oh, Lord. But anyway, okay. so yeah, Ozarks. We had a good time. We, we did not time. go to the casino. We didn't. We went to... Now it's going to be ridiculous. The arcade? Is yeah. that... <laughs> we went to the... The cas- children's casino. <laughs> the casino of tickets. <laughs> yes. The children's casino. Uh, I guess there's an arm wrestling game that's on the Ozarks series yeah did you wrestle it no i did not okay we just messed around with it yeah but it was a lot of fun it totally was uh there it's like a beach town yeah kind of it has like a little boardwalk area and bunch of of shopping Mm -hmm. touristy stuff there is a pardon me there is a restaurant that has a boat that you can rent and mm-hmm. have like little parties on it or, um, you know, different little excursions. But yeah, like, it's a, it it's comes a, with its own Jack Sparrow. It's a pirate themed restaurant. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> I it think sure it's, is. I think it's called Jolly Roger. Yeah, it's great. It's pretty cool. It was really cute. Mm-hmm. And there is a uh, restaurant dog. At, yes, at the dog. He's at so the cute. Yep. He ate a bunch of fries. It was so cute. Yeah, well, you know, our uh, nephew decided to make a game out of it, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's what you do. That dog's grateful. He's probably tired of fries by now, I would think. <laughs> yeah, it's a old, very old hat yeah, for, for the dog. As one would think, he's like, can someone throw a meatball down or something? Jeans. Right? I kill for a cheese curd. A cheese curd. <laughs> Ma'am, Excuse can you Excuse me, um, I ordered the Southwest egg rolls. Thank you. Crazy. <laughs> They're always messing up my order. Here on the floor. Because I'm a dog. <laughs> Oh, God, what else did we do? I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, lots of stuff, but well, yeah. not all fun stuff. No. Yeah, life comes at you quick sometimes, and you just got to roll with them punches, but, you know, we make adjustments, and we, so, yeah. you know, we take uh, take the bull by the horns. Yep. And you just try to steer that bitch, not get gored. I don't, you know. <laughs> uh, you're a wise sage, Samuel. Uh, we have been godparenting and uh, doing softball. Oh, yeah. Fall softball uh, out there in our full regalia. Goddaughter is a fucking beast. She is. And um, uh, she also has a huge fan club. It's yeah. kind of hilarious <laughs> every time to see it. <laughs> yeah, she gets Mom's the most popular. cheers out yeah. of everyone in the crowd. She does. And we cheer for everyone else. We do. We just, you know, we cheer more for our yeah. kid mm-hmm. that we know. <laughs> 
But um, people have uh, people who have kids are um, it they breathe like this sigh of relief when they learn that we're like the okay couple around children like yeah when we don't fine. bring other children in tow yeah. and they're like but oh, then God. their kid interacts with us or uh-huh. does does something kids do like if Wait they're upset or they cry or they run or like i don't know i don't know kids stare at me a lot because yeah. of my hair kids do kid stuff and they're like oh my god i'm so sorry i hope he's not bothering you or she's not bothering you whatever and we're like no it's okay kids do kid stuff and they're like oh thank god i'm making oh thank god you're not one of those assholes yeah man i played with a kid on uh, like a two-hour long flight with my uh, unicorn neck pillow Mm -hmm. just entertaining it just like "Mm -hmm." and it wasn't like the whole time she would like peek over she was so cute but when you I don't have kids, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty yes. easy to have the patience to go, yeah, that's something yeah. that children I do. I have that on my bandwidth for today. Yeah. Because uh, we, after a game, we went to um, Korean corn dogs <laughs> yes. and mochi donuts. Mm-hmm. And we got boba tea as well mm-hmm. because they won both of their doubleheader games. They sure did. So, that was super fun. she's a fucking beast. She is a beast. And like, all the coaches. Beast. Beast. (laughs) All the coaches comment on it. The umpires comment on it. Other players' parents comment on it. Like, oh yeah. She's so sweet. Yeah. And she's so good at, I'm so proud. I didn't know that I could be. So proud of a little human. A proud godparent. Yeah. Yeah, man. She's dope. She's got dope parents, so. Yes, she does. Uh, hopefully they continue with the dopery. You know? <laughs> Just cranking them out at the dope factory. <laughs> that's, uh, yep, that's how everyone would word it, uh, especially if they're normal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. People are like, Kathy, you should have kids. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm missing that part. Yeah, no. Nope. You'd be a good parent. That's not the That's not a good enough reason. Yeah. And that's not, yeah, I have nothing to prove to you. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) Me and my uteri, (laughs) Judy, Ute, Russ, and I have nothing to prove to you. (laughs) I mean, I'd probably make a good chef if I dedicated my life to it, but I'd probably at some point end up hating cooking. And I don't want. So yeah, I man. might make a good parent, but I'd end up hating the child eventually, and I oh, don't want to do that. <laughs> so I'll just dabble and be a cool uncle. Oh, my God. I'll dabble. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of dabbling, oh. uh, I think it's time that we get back into dabbling in the world of the Pinkertons. Oh. Yeah. So I have assembled some- Stinky pinkies. Uh, oh. <laughs> That has to be the name of the fucking episode. <laughs> oh my god, the stinky pinkies. Uh, that's better than the one that I had. What did you have? The children's Pinkerton. <laughs> the stinky pinkies it is. Fuck. All right. Well. Put your pinky fingers to the moon. Moon. <laughs> <laughs> For all you not old people, uh, Bruno Mars was a pop star. Oh, Lord. 
from uh, like six years ago. So he's ancient. Um, <laughs> so he, he did a Super Bowl back in my he day. He did. Well, back in the day of the 1850s. That's over. Um, it is. It is. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're... You're determined to not be cool about this, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I called you twice. Not a what do you need. Not a fuck you. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> All righty. Okay, so 1840s. I'm back. That's my time travel noise. Yep, all of it. Yep. So, Pinkertons have been gaining their reputation, right? Sure. Well... Last episode, I didn't get really too far into too much of like what the Pinkertons did, other than what we already know. If you've listened to the other episodes about right. the Homestead strike and what have you, but I mean, like, you could devote an entire like podcast itself to the Pinkertons. There is one, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Case in point, motherfucker, motherfucker. So. Alan Pinkerton was the guy who created this, right? right? He's yes. Father Pinkerton, if you will. Daddy uh, Pinky. Dad! Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I hate that. So, Daddy Pinky. Uh, he created that, um, helped thwart an, an one, two, three, an assassination plot on Lincoln. Yes. You know. The tall guy with the hat. <laughs> yeah, the tall guy with the hat who liked to wrestle <laughs> yeah. and had a yeah. giant beard named Mary. Uh, I mean, oh my god, <laughs> that's hysterical. So, um, my dude was a really good detective. Yeah, he was really good in enterprising and mm-hmm. brought on really good people. Um, uh, they're famous. We never sleep logo and tag um they really got popular for helping with train robberies outside of scab bust not scab but union busting yeah outside of union busting they were train rob busting (laughs) yeah uh so so if you ever we, watch the first Shanghai Noon oh my uh, God. on Turner Classic Movies, Pinkerton. Turner Classic Movies. <laughs> oh God, that doesn't even. God, oh damn my it. goodness! I I made a reference calling us old using a reference that made us sound older. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh my God! Our, our goddaughter guessed that I was fifty. <laughs> 50. We were talking about her teacher. And I was like, oh, is she younger or older? She goes, mm, I don't know, kind of in between. And I was like, great answer. And she goes, well, she's 29. And I was like, that's in between? And I was like, how old do you think I am? And she goes, mm, I don't know, 50? <laughs> and I was like, <gasps> you bitch. I said, she, she called her a bitch. <laughs> I did not call her a bitch. I went, <gasps> I sucked it's on the podcast. The air. I spoke it. It's oh true. Oh my God, whatever. <laughs> You Come after to. her. Email, email oh us at gtspodcast at gmail.com. Oh, my God. That's not even it. What is it? I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. You got to stick around to the end. So, 
About a whole new skincare routine. Um, any <laughs> a lot, a lot more retinol in this this package. You shut your mouth. <laughs> so we ended mm-hmm. our uh, little biopic with Alan's death. Yeah. 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 He All kicked right. the bucket. He did. Um, remember, uh, he in his later years. Started really uh, reminiscing and writing a whole bunch about his detective right. experiences and that kind of fun stuff. So he really left uh, everything up to his kiddos. Right. Yeah, family business. It's a family business. <laughs> it's a family affair. A family affair. Uh, Alan Pinkerton died in July of 1884. Okay. And his sons, William and Robert, took over the business. Ye old family business. Willie and Bobby Pinky. There, I just want to, because I can't remember if I put it in here, so I just have to tell you off the top. Okay. There were two more sons okay yeah but they sucked <laughs> so I'm there's guessing, william yeah, yeah, yeah. there's robert there's alan and then there's another robert so t- okay well uh, one of them's bound to be decent right you know uh, they have to be right you, know, you got two kids named robert you're like okay well at least one of you's not going to be in complete fuck up so oh <laughs> just God. figure it out later i was like keep one and real. disown the other you know I, or spare parts <laughs> i don't think the medical science was far enough along <laughs> for that type of shit i don't know i don't know all right so <laughs> In uh, what I'm gonna tell you about is a couple, a uh, couple of tales. Okay, tales of the Pinkerton children. Okay. All right. Yeah, uh, just giving us a little amuse bouche because there is way too much to dive into without devoting a whole podcast to the Pinkertons. Yeah. So, uh, and like this is old, so timelines jump around, and sure. like I'm not. Guys, I don't have book reading time. You know what I mean? Like subject book reading time. Oh, yeah. Amuse I me have, and aboosh me. Okay. I have ADHD. <laughs> and yet you still re- read better than me. I don't know what to say. Thank you. I read good. Um, you don't read the goodest of all them there reading folk. Thank you. <laughs> so, while not remembered today as uh, one of the most prolific old west outlaws a gang led by the brothers hillary and levi farmington gotcha uh-huh. i think i played that game on facebook you're hilarious <laughs> uh they were trained guerrilla soldiers from the civil war okay they they were on the southern side yeah and the, yeah. the not cool side well yeah i mean if they're trained in guerrilla tactics you don't get yeah. trained in guerrilla tactics unless you're outmanned and outgunned which the south mm-hmm. was versus the north so you know you do what you 
Yeah. Got to, I guess. So when you said gorilla, I was like, oh, so they fought for the Confederates. Yeah. <laughs> the Farringtons <laughs> took to train robbing after the South lost. Well, yeah, you got to fuck over them carpetbaggers. You got to manifest destiny, this motherfuckers. <laughs> In July 1871, Levi and Hillary, along with William Taylor, George Burton, and William Barton, some former railroad brakemen... Mm-hmm. They robbed a Southern Express car. So it was an inside job. Well, not inside, but inside knowledge being brakeman. Inside enough. I would. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yes. So um, it was a mobile and Ohio railroad in Moscow, Kentucky. They successfully made off with $1,600. Whoa. That yeah. is a pretty penny back in It's the... a very pretty penny. What Guess year was who? this? Um, this is in 1871. Yeah, no, that's still a pretty fucking penny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what, like I 40 grand or some shit? Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. I love it. I mean, who knows? Yeah, right. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> On October 21st, 1871, the same group robbed a northbound Mobile and Ohio Railroad at Union City in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. After overpowering a guard and the messenger, they robbed the safe of the Southern Express Company and made off with $6,000. Yeah. That's a lot of scratch. Yep. So here comes Children's Pinkerton. Oh, God. The stinky pinky. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it. Uh, William Pinkerton and Special Agent Patrick Connor. That's an Irish as fuck name, boy. Irish as fuck. It could be more Irish, all right? Uh, Mick Connor. Uh, I was going to say O'Connor, but. Oh, there you go. So, uh, William and Patrick. uh, Probably went by Patty. Probably. Track the men to the Mississippi. The name's Patty Connor. <laughs> yes. Top of the morning to ya. <laughs> Patty, they took everything. Oh, no. Did they take my licky charms? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Cheap. Cheap. <laughs> Thought you were better than that. Hey, I played in the cheap seats, all right? All right. Oh, Lord. That's where I grew up, okay? That's where I grew I up. I was poor. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Talked about it many times. Hello, Avengers. <laughs> Welcome to your first episode. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, uh, William and uh, Patty uh, tracked down these men in the Mississippi River, oh, yeah. where an overturned skiff was found. A skiff is a type of boat. Yes, it is. A, yeah. Yep. You're welcome. Good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After a thorough scouring. Of this probably swampy type area, mm-hmm. marshy area at least. Sure. Up and down the river, detectives uh, learned from some locals that there were some strange men near a swamp in Lester's Landing, Tennessee. Lester's Landing. Yep. I do love a good alliteration. I listen. That's where it is. Love Shack. Lester's Love Shack <laughs> Landing. Our, all of our uh, hotel rooms come with uh, three porn VHSs. Whoa. VHS. No, thanks. I'm good. 
All right. So they found some people in the swamp, yeah? Okay, yeah. They found Cajuns. Right. Um, the outlaws had opened a small store to try to, you know. Like fence. Yes, sir. Fence their train robbery. Sure. Riches. Yeah. Calling in some reinforcements, Pinkerton and Connell, they surrounded the store and a gunfight broke out. Yeah, weird. <laughs> Strange. Oh, my God. I thought the Pinkertons were super trained in de-escalation. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, their negotiator was off that day. <laughs> Henry Bertine was killed immediately, almost immediately, and everybody else escaped. Well, he stuck his fucking head out. Uh, he had a big ass head. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do? He's probably ginger, too. Whoa. Stuck out. Easy. Hillary Farrington <gasps> Wait, was. Soon... I bet Patty is probably a ginger, yes, too. So absolutely. Is that ginger on ginger crime? It has to be. Okay. Well, you heard it here, folks. All right. It happens. Hillary Farrington was soon tracked to Verona, Missouri, and with the aid of a deputy sheriff and local residents, yeah. could you imagine being <laughs> part of that fucking crowd? And you're like, all right, I guess we're going to go catch some train robbers. Uh-huh. Fuck. Duh. Oh, wait. Sorry. I thought you were saying that the train robber was assisted by the residents and the sheriff. No, it's a it's a police posse. Oh, gotcha. It's a vigilance committee. It is. Boom. But I mean, hey. Any hizzles. Um steal your money. He stole the fucking train company's money. Fuck them. The house was surrounded, and when Farrington refused to surrender, that was no matter. They just set it on I, fire. I was about to say they just burned the fucking house down. Yeah, yeah they weird. Did. Yeah, they came out. Yeah. And they were arrested. A few days later at Union City. Uh, know who also did that? Fucking Frollo, the villain from the Disney movie uh, Hunchback in Notre Dame. So, yeah, if you want to be a fucking Disney villain, fucking set the house on fire, you piece of shit. Yeah. Later in Union City. <laughs> I'm Pinkerton's- just coming off as like pro crime and robbing people. Yes. I'm not. <laughs> Not just willy nilly. Yeah. But like billionaires, go for sure, it. Sure, fuck them. <laughs> Do it. The Pinkertons arrested Levi Farrington and William Barton at the house. Gotcha. I didn't know. Well, in I the didn't walls, know she was clever about it. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know. In the walls. Taking. <laughs> uh, a battle ensued trying to get them the fuck out of Union City. Okay. So uh, between the officers and Farrington's friends that nice. just fucking show up. Yeah. Led by a man named David Toller. You're not going to take my love or friend to jail without a fight for me. Yeah, he was <laughs> bent on a rescue. Uh, the rescuers were driven away uh, by the assistant city marshal of Union City. Uh, they had been killed. A railroad watchman seriously wounded. And William Pinkerton captured one of these thugs. Oh, congratulations. Right. <laughs> Get him a fucking participation trophy. So, while they're taking their criminal cruise on a steamboat, all right? Right. William Pinkerton offered Hillary Farrington a drink at the bar, which is a okay. damn nice thing 
to do. I don't know. I'm like, uh, I'd probably need no. A drink. He's fucking good cop, bad cop, and it. He's just <sighs> trying to pump him for fucking information. Lawyer up, Hillary. Lawyer the fuck up. So the criminal <laughs> Hillary accepts. <laughs> <laughs> the drink, but requests to be taken through the back door so people don't see him in handcuffs. Right. Well, that and they, no one sees him fucking snitching. Oh, that too. Smart. Yeah. Well, this was all a ruse. Mm-hmm. Soon, he found himself alone on the deck with P- William Pinkerton. Yeah, no shit. Hillary attacked him and tried to grab William's gun. Ooh. To... Uh, in his literal diary journal words, commit a murderous assault on me. <laughs> the bad man, he took his hands and he tried to commit a murderous assault on me. <laughs> just a baby. I'm just a baby. Well, William was too fast for that. Landed an uppercut that Threw Hillary over the rails. According to who? And almost According threw to fucking who? Onto the churning paddle My below the boat. fucking ass. So when Hillary was thrown over, uh, he was crushed by the boat's paddles. So we're just supposed to assume that a guy who inherited his fucking... Who, this kid this nepo baby who inherited oh my god <laughs> what he is. It is he's a fucking nepo baby who inherited this fucking strong arm paramilitary company from his fucking daddy whose strongest suit was to hire big bad dudes to yeah. do big bad things so they didn't have to fucking so they could take all the fucking credit without ever actually having to put themselves in danger then magically gets duped by this criminal. Duped. (laughs) Like, he's never been in a fucking fight in his goddamn life. Not a fucking real one. And then he's up against this criminal who's fucking robbed and made ends meet and lived a hard fucking life. And they're together one-on-one. And fucking little fucking William uppercuts him over the Jiu-jitsu. rails of yeah, yeah. a fucking steam no yeah my fucking ass he had one of his he william did something to fucking bruise his little baby mm-hmm. bitch ego and he had one of his fucking goons throw him over the fucking rail so he'd get chopped up by the fucking paddles yeah yeah 20 bucks i mean he was crushed by yeah, he was crushed by the paddles, and then we just get what a die. I'm sorry. Who are the fucking sources about how the how many eyewitnesses were there? None, and it was just William's diary entry that fucking said what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. There's a reason we have body cams. I'm just saying. Oh my. God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, Sometimes so- you can't just take people's fucking word about what happened. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Uh, his. Brother Levi, uh, his demise is just as strange. Um, While being held in a house in Tennessee because the jail wasn't strong enough to hold back all the men. (laughs) But a house was okay. Yep, totally. Yep. Uh, No red flags here. 
Um, uh, you know, if you wear rose-colored glasses, the red flags just look like flags. They just look like beige flags. <laughs> I think anyway, beige. sorry. <laughs> uh, apparently, I didn't write down what day this is, but at 2 a.m. on that day, back in this time, um, a mob of 50 masked men, okay. vigilantes, bum-rushed the jailhouse house. They overpowered the guards... They hung some guy who was protecting Levi and uh, left Levi's body in a Swiss cheese-like state. I, I, <laughs> uh, okay. Yep. And nobody hired him. Nobody... Uh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 So that... That was one... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first order <laughs> yeah. of amuse-bouche. Yeah, yeah. Another super... Boosh me again, baby. Boosh, yeah. All right. Another super cool Pinkerton event. Uh, it was uh, even before the Homestead strike. Okay. Carnegie and Frick had employed the Pinkertons before. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Frick used the agency twice before mm-hmm. in his coal fields not surprising in 1884 to protect hungarian and slavic people whom he brought in uh as scabs and strike breakers mm-hmm. and in 1891 to protect the italian scabs and st- strike breakers um that was once again um, oh, I'm sorry. Brought in against the then striking Hungarian and Slavic people. Oh, so. <laughs> yes. So it was a double strike. Oh, God. The scabs striked. <laughs> well, yeah, because a lot of times when they would bring in either people of color or immigrants, um, a lot of them didn't know because they were usually brought in from out of town. Yes. And, yes. you know, they just. So know what was going on yeah in the they didn't know what was going on until like they, they step off the eggs. train and get the shit beat out of them <laughs> like sometimes that's what would happen welcome to philly <laughs> yeah i mean they would come in they would see an ad in the paper say hey there's a shitload of work in you know two towns over sure uh and we're willing to pay this uh, good amount for and you know we'll guarantee you you know five days of work uh, a week, you know, and so like full time, we'll guarantee yeah, full time employment at a decent rate of pay, more than what immigrants and people of color were used to securing when it wasn't uh, the situation. And they're like, fuck yeah, I'll fucking jump on that and make some fucking money. I don't, you know, it's not going to last yeah. forever, but. You know, it's like seasonal help, you know? Yeah, yeah And then sure. they get off the fucking train and see a bunch of uh, union workers on strike as soon as they leave the train and get the shit beat out of them. Oh, and they're like, oh, fuck. whoops. Should have done a little more research. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what Drew Barrymore was thinking. Uh, sure. <laughs> Bringing her production company. No, yeah. I don't. I don't even want to. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Carnegie used the Pinkertons to protect strike breakers in 1887. Even though he them. publicly condemned the use of strike breakers. Literally. Yeah. Literally got out there and was like, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> in 1889, when strikes seemed imminent, facts 
he later conveniently conveniently forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, a little bit more about the boys. Okay. Both of the Pinkerton lads started in the family business as clerks. Mm-hmm. And they had to rise through the ranks. So, Samuel, they earned it. They're yeah. not just, you No, know, they never got special treatment. No. No. Never. I work in a fucking union, all right? So, oh, yeah. All right? I work with fucking legacies, all right? Who I have... work in a family-owned business. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, and they're Lord like, oh, mercy. we make our kids work for this shit. They don't get any special treatment. My fucking ass. Bro, that kid couldn't. I think he cares less than I do. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. So, um, as Alan was off, you know, the mortar coil, William and Robert took over and they charged ahead and forged with their father's vision, developing innovative crime-solving techniques, building on extensive collections of mugshots, so invading your privacy since Mm -hmm. day... Numero uno. Yeah. And having enough capital and largesse to invest in, essentially, at the time, they invest in tech companies. Oh, newspaper articles about wanted outlaws creating criminal histories uh, known as offenders, practices that would later be adopted by, guess who? The FBI. The FBI. Yep, you got it. You win. I wish I had a gold star, but I don't. (laughs) While William Pinkerton took control of the Chicago office Mm -hmm. in the agency, Robert, he managed the East Coast office in New York City. (laughs) (laughs) When the notorious robber known as the Missouri Kid blasted a bank in Union City. I didn't write down which one, so imagine. Mm, yeah. A Union City. I'm picturing uh, giant bags with dollar signs drawn on them. That's exactly what it was. He was in <laughs> black and white striped. <laughs> exactly. Matching pajamas. Yep. Old ass fucking Crocs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yep, yep, what I pictured. Wait, no, they used to run in dress shoes. Never mind. <coughs> no, it was he old had, ass Crocs. He, he had, had tap right. shoes on. Spats. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, William William had the foresight to pair his headstrong, street-smart detective, Charles Schumacher, with the introverted desk jockey criminal crime analysis. <laughs> Not criminal, just crime. <laughs> crime analysis. Crime it. Fuck off i was on my way you were i'm sorry <laughs> take the legs out from under you i apologize out from beneath my wings <laughs> oh my god i gotta be quiet uh crime analyst george dowry uh-huh daughtry fuck he's irish it's daughtry <laughs> george daughtry <laughs> now all i can think of is chris daughtry uh Another oldie reference. Thanks for joining us in Uncle Corner. Uh. <laughs> well, George joined the manhunt that would take many twists and turns. 
The Missouri kid who, along with his sidekick, George Collins, robbed a bank in Union, Missouri, in Mm -hmm. late December of 1902. So now we're getting into the first 1900s. What that the kids has talk there about? Been a second 1900s. I, they've just been referring to the 90s as the late yes. 1900s. Yeah. Yes, rude. Thanks, assholes. It <laughs> it's accurate, but it's rude. So December 1902, a month later, killed a pink. They killed a Pinkerton detective who was on mm-hmm. the trail of the no. Missouri kid. Well, Rudolph. you gotta fucking crucify him now. Yep, yep. So Rudolph, the Missouri kid, and Collins, yes, were arrested red-nosed in Hartford, Kentucky. (laughs) Red-nosed and (laughs) red-handed. In Hartford, Kentucky, in early of March 1903. And they were brought back to Missouri, where they were greeted by a group of admiring fans, including several young women. Almost like returning heroes. Yeah. Here's my underpants. (laughs) They're bloomers. Given the nickname the Missouri Kid by the sensationalist newspaper man, Rudolph escaped in July of 1903 and went on the lam. (laughs) Was it? Did he escape jail or did he escape a house they were pretending was jail? Mm Either and or both. <laughs> House jail is a legitimate jail. Yeah, Samuel. totally. Yeah, sorry. Your mind Excuse can also me. be a prison. You're absolutely <laughs> right. That's why solitary is inhumane. Yes, yes. Uh, the Missouri kid Rudolph was apprehended again in January of 1904 in Kansas. Brought back to Missouri and convicted in March of 04 for first degree murder for killing a Pinkerton detective. Mm. While his trial was going on, Collins, the other guy, yeah, uh, he already had been convicted of the same crime and was hanged from the scaffolding in the courtyard next to where Rudolph's trial was taking place. Well, that's... Um, a bit of intimidation, Governor. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't inspire a Fair trial, I would assume. I don't know. Might have color a judgment or two, possibly. One or two. Yeah. Despite several appeals, <laughs> Rudolph himself was launched into eternity. Uh, oh, my computer corrected it. He okay. was lynched a year later <laughs> uh, using the same rope that had uh, been used to hang Collins. I mean, that's really dark and not funny at all. But the fact that your computer confused launched with lynched is... Yep. And more confusing of all, the rest of my document is gone. Oh. (laughs) Like, that's where my notes stop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I had so much more. I don't know what happened. Well, stay tuned uh, for next week on part three. (laughs) The stinkiest of the pinkiest. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's she gone. That's insane. Well, all right. Well, this was Stinky Pinkies. Next week will be two in the pink one. (laughs) God. 
damn it. I don't know that we can actually name our episode that. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Like, anyway. I I wonder if Apple will flag it. Yeah, fuck them. That's hilarious. Find it on Google or Stitcher or something. Okay, uh, so are you ready to get some of my shit? Yeah, man. I mean, we got to fill some shitty time <laughs> hey look i mean we we took a break so you know we'll come back with a little bit more shit than when we haven't taken a break <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have to find my We're shit, backlogged man. uh <laughs> i'm constipated right? i can't find it okay yeah give us your shit man all right so today i'm frazzled <laughs> i want to talk about one of the most badass rich white guys in all of history okay you don't normally especially in this day and age here <laughs> hear that together yeah um this dude used his privilege to lie bombastically bombastic but in the name of good stop in the name of good <laughs> today i am going to tell you about raul gustav wallenberg Wallenberg? Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to start. Uh, this His badassery cannot be contained in one episode. Oh, I love this. Okay. So, Raoul Wallenberg was born in 1912 in Lindingo, Sweden, a suburb Ooh. of Stockholm, Sweden. Beautiful. He, yes. He was born into a wealthy family. His father, Raoul Oscar Wallenberg, mm. was a naval officer, and his mother, uh, Maria Sophia Weising, who went by Madge, Cute. Uh, was the daughter of a neurologist. Um, his uh, Raoul's dad died of cancer three Aww. months before he was born. Whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. He was a young lad. He was. And then three months after Raoul was born, his maternal grandfather passed due to pneumonia. Jeez. So he was raised by his recently widowed mother and grandmother. So oh, his mom and her mom. Yeah. Teamed up. Yeah. Yep. You're going to need each other. What year was that again? Uh, 1912. 1912. Thank you. So he uh, grew up pretty cushy and bougie. Um, His grandfather had been the Swedish ambassador to Japan. Oh, shit. Um, His uncles were... That's pretty dope. Yeah. His uncles were wealthy bankers. Oh. Um, La-dee-da. They are good at math. (laughs) His great-grandfather... Uh, was Jewish and was the financial advisor to the king of Sweden. Oh, well, I yeah, I'd say they're doing fine. <laughs> yeah, doing all right. Um, Why ended up? <laughs> when, he, when he was six, his mom got remarried to Frederick von Dardel. Who was the 12th Duke of Earl Ington. <laughs> Co factory. Yeah. Mm-hmm, totally. Um, who became the administrator of the largest hospital in Sweden. Oh, well, I mean, kind of like a duke. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So his parents, uh, mom and stepdad, like, I mean, he's... Not my dad. Right. (laughs) Um, They also had a couple kids, but anyway. Um, But... 
they actually did something weird for the time uh, and gave him a lot of freedom to become his own person instead of trying to shoe him, shoehorn him into some kind of like family legacy. You're going to be a tennis star. Right. He's, yeah. No Menendez brothers yeah, over no here. Menendezing. <laughs> Menendezing. Menendezation. Menendezation. <laughs> Copyrighted. Menendezation Nation. <laughs> Continue with your story. <laughs> <laughs> You're just mad because I'm good. Anyway, uh, Raul was very close to his ambassador grandfather, Gustav, uh, who's his middle name That's is named name. after. Um, who, due to his travels, considered himself a citizen of the world rather than just a Swedish person. I mean, um, that's a very white person thing. Well, you I know. Look, I mean, there are worse ways to look at it if you're super sure. fucking rich and, you know, have status. You could be like the bad guy in Lethal Weapon 2 who's like, diplomatic immunity. <laughs> Um, and so he believed he was a citizen of the world and his grandfather believed that duty and honor were things that everyone owed to each other duty hmm duty (laughs) yes duty I agree Uh, I like that Uh, some fucking some respect it should be applied between you and all your fellow human interactions yeah, turns out... Does that on you? Does that on your family? Does that on your cow? I heard something where it was like, oh, you have to earn my respect. Like, you know those people with that attitude. And it's like, yeah. usually means that you're disrespectful to most As people. Yeah. And you think you have, you're justifying some right or privilege you have to not treat other people with fucking common decency because they, quote unquote, haven't earned... Like, who the fuck are you? Anyway, sorry, yeah. I digress. Jesus Christ himself? I don't think so. So, Raul graduated high school in 1930 and then spent nine months in the military because it's... As one does. It's obligatory, or at least was at the time for Sweden. Um, Oh, okay, sure, sure. So, like, Sweden, I believe Switzerland, um, South Korea... um, there are probably mo- the other Korea. Yeah. <laughs> but there are a lot of country. I believe Israel is one as well. Oh, yeah. Um, that have mandatory service time for like when you turn 18, you have to serve, you know, I think it's usually around like two years. But anyway. Gotcha. So uh, he spent nine months in the military because it was obligated of him. Um, and after that. Um, he spent a year studying at a university in France. University. Mm-hmm. So by the time he was 20, he was fluent in English, German, Russian, and French. Hot. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he can order me food in so many places. Right. He can ask where the bathroom oh is God. in like four different I'm languages. I'm going to eat and piss like a queen. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, Raul decides he wants to get a college education in America. Cool. Um, he, I mean... He enjoyed art and considered himself an artist, but he also, like, mm, family's got money. He wants to continue the trend. 
So he figured like a natural progression would be to study architecture. Oh, sure. That is an expression of art. Right. One that you can use commercially. The Hoover Dam. (laughs) Yes. That's that's my boundaries that I put up. (laughs) The walls that you shut other people out. I, I well, I mean, that's that boundary, the Hoover Dam size boundary is. Don't you dare come to my fucking house if you haven't let me know that you're coming <laughs> to my fucking house. Don't ever show up just expecting that you're going to be able to come inside because no, there, Jack. There's an exception or two, but I, oh, yes, there are exceptions. There are exceptions, <laughs> but don't you do it. <laughs> So, now, with his family's wealth and scholastic career, he could have easily secured an Ivy League education. Um, but I wanted to go to Brown and not the not that Brown. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, he had a, a younger brother or younger half-brother and sister. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, step-pop. Yeah, stepdad and his mom had a couple mm-hmm. kids. Um after they remarried. And his sister described him as a, quote, anti-snob who loved Cute. Charlie Chaplin, hot dogs, and sneakers. Oh, that's... I mean, I wish people said that about me. <laughs> big, well, I mean, you do like hot dogs. I do. You like comfy shoes. You're just yeah. not that big a fan of Chaplin. Oh, you're right. <laughs> so you're, you got two out of three. You're doing great. I'm mostly there. <laughs> so, I like mullets. So this hot dog loving fellow decides he doesn't want a Ivy League education. Sure. So he decides to go to Ann Arbor and attend the University of Michigan. Oh, okay. I was like Ann Arbor. All I know is the <laughs> University of Michigan. Yeah. Funny. Okay. You know, so a good school. The it's a good school. The wait, Wolverines. Yeah. Okay. I was like, isn't that? That's not what he said off air. Um, I was like, isn't that the Wolverines? Because you're like... Oh, no. I fucking hate the University of Michigan, but that doesn't mean it's not a good school. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no. And they're, I grew up a, a, a big in a family that came from Big Ten household that definitely was not Michigan. So I grew up an Iowa fan. We don't like Michigan. But anyway. So... Spark. Now, being the quote-unquote anti-snob, he was branded. Um, he chose not to join a fraternity because he felt him. it would, quote, isolate him from a certain strata of students. Correct. So, <clears throat> while he's he in college. He made his own. It's an underdog story. <laughs> that's hilarious because in college, as uh, Raul, his nickname was Rudy. No. <laughs> Who everyone described as, uh, like, fun-loving. Lucky. Yeah, and who could see to, like, the heart of an issue. And, uh, yeah, just all-around good guy, basically. Now, uh, most intriguingly, one of his pastimes during college, like, he took some odd jobs, um, just... I love that. Yeah, like literally doing like a manual labor jerk. or like cleaning jobs while he was in college, just getting life experience and shit and literally working with people. Wow. Yeah, working with people. From terrible, ne- terrible Nepo babies to <laughs> a decent? 
Yeah. So now, most intriguingly, one of his pastimes during college uh, was hitchhiking to see of course the was. country <laughs> during holidays. <laughs> and I'm like... In the 19 what? Uh, like, this is around like 1930. Yeah. Let me sit on top of your Model T. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is the most... Uh, <laughs> like, white man thing to be like yeah no i can totally hitchhike and nothing bad will ever happen to me <laughs> come on let's let's go on an adventure uh so he told his grandpa gustav about it and he said when you meet new people every day under these circumstances you have to practice tact and diplomacy and like since his grandpa was an ambassador like he respected that like yeah don't be an asshole <clears throat> You know, you're asking people for a ride. They don't have to give one they to you. Don't you know. nothing. So during his second year at the University of Michigan, he was hitchhiking from Chicago back to Ann Arbor. And he All got right. picked up by a car with four dudes. Oh, okay. Right? I, I hope he be all right. I mean, the vibe check was off. Oh, no. So he, vibes. so Raul starts weaving into the conversation how poor he was, and like that's why he's hitchhiking because he doesn't have any fucking money. Oh God, and he's I'm just, just trying so to get poor. back, and yeah. Um, apparently he was not uh, convincing enough uh, because he found a gun in his face. Oh, <laughs> and they and they were like, "Yeah, we're robbing you." So, so you could just give it to us because this is gonna take. To steam clean brains out of <laughs> this. this buggy. So, um, as they were robbing him, like he started to like get a feel for who they were as people, and of like course. and like saw them as people in desperate conditions because this is during the Great Depression. Oh yeah, you it know, most definitely is, isn't it? And so he felt pity for them. Um. And apparently he ended up freaking everyone out because he That's was hilarious. so calm throughout the entire ordeal. Oh, my God. It's like the people pleaser TikTok that I've shown you. <laughs> yes. Do you want me to put the gag back in? Oh, my God. Yes. I think he missed your turn. Well, don't. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, yeah, he just totally calmed through the whole thing. You're doing great, man. Freaked him Robbing out. Me like uh, a didn't stop them, though. They robbed him and uh, tossed him out of the car into a ditch. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Uh, Pleasure to you. What was Raul's takeaway? Carry less cash and become more devious. <laughs> Correct. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> right. Rudy? You're right. <laughs> Rudy, maybe now most people would be like, well, I'm done hitchhiking. He's like, no, 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 no. I just got. I just get, need to be better at I it. I just got to get better at the talking thing and carry less cash on me. That's all. <laughs> no, more than five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So in 1935, uh, he graduated from the University of Michigan with a degree in architecture. And he goes back to Sweden and finds out that his American degree is not enough to qualify for him to work as an architect. Oh, my God. That's a little embarrassing. A little bit, but it, it'll USA, be okay. USA, 
So now also in 1935. The University of Michigan didn't cut the mustard in Sweden is what you're telling me. It did not. It barely cut the relish. Uh, So also in 1935, we're going to take a little trip over to Germany. Ah, Deutschland. Yes, Deutschland. Not doing great in the mid-30s. No, (laughs) no. Some would say worse than America at the time. (laughs) So. Some could argue. Yes, some could. Uh, Had a very not Charlie Chaplin-esque leader, but had a similar mustache. Oh, that's the guy. Yeah. Okay. Rudolph? Yeah, Rudy. Yeah, Rudolph. The other Rudy of the story. Oh, my God. Uh, he, he was uh, more rude than Rudy. Yes, yes. <laughs> Not tootin', tooting, fruity. <laughs> yes. So in 1935, in Nuremberg, Germany, two laws were passed by the Nazi party, and because they spread to the rest of the country, they were called the Nuremberg Laws. I did not see that coming. <laughs> so the two laws were, um, one, the Reich citizenship law and number two the law for the protection of german blood and german honor wow yeah that's not insidious at all well it's a bit of a mouthful like germany was never as good at branding as we were as a country let's be honest like we're pretty good at framing and branding when it comes to our um nefarious legislation i mean well we also yeah have you you seen the Philly Frenetic? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can get away with anything. It's crazy. So, marketing. yeah, marketing. Spin it. Twist Spin it, it again. Pop, oh, pop it, it. Pull it. Money, right there. <laughs> Boom. So, the Reich, Reich citizen. Motherfucker. Oof. The Reich citizenship law basically said that only, quote. You got to have the Reich stuff. <laughs> Got the Reich stuff, baby. Uh Uh, Another old-timey reference. Anyway, (laughs) so this law said that only full-blooded or, quote, racially pure Germans were allowed the status of citizenship. Cool. That meant that Jews, uh, quote-unquote, gypsies, I would say quote-unquote because that's not what they're actually... Yes. Anyway, um... And people of color no longer had political rights. Cool. Mm-hmm. No right to vote. And a lot of other. I mean, shit that every time I review this in my life, I'm just like, cool. cool. Great. Uh, now the law for the protection of German blood and German honor was a yeah. harmless protective law. Okay. It sounds like it. It was designed to protect Germans in Germany from very dangerous behavior. Specifically, quote unquote, race defilement. It banned sexual relationships and intermarriage between people of, quote, German or German-related blood. German-related? Yeah, white. So it banned sexual relationships and intermarriage between people of German or related blood um, and Jews. Uh, And and 
and also yeah you can't mix just those the whole two. thing it's bad. In there. you know you got your peanut butter and my chocolate you got much much chocolate and my peanut butter yeah yeah this is a Reese's situation yeah except they weren't fans of it no so <clears throat> this is an anti-Reese's situation <laughs> yes so that happened in Germany yeah and so there Pretty were a lot cool. of Jewish people and you know other minorities who fled Germany um, as soon as these laws were enacted because they were like, shit's getting bad. Weird. Um, yeah, we got to wrap it up, guys. So like I said, um, so now back to Rudy Raul Wallenberger. Or Wallenberg, sorry, I added the burger. Oh no! Oh no! You got you got burgers on the brain. Wahlburger. Uh, that's what. Like we're gonna my have head. to watch. Uh, <laughs> what is the other guys? Yeah, yeah. I'm a peacock captain. You gotta let me fly. <laughs> Desk pops. Uh, so in 1935, like I said, Raul finds out that he can't be an architect. So. Later that year, his Crushed. grandfather arranged a job for him in Cape Town, South Africa. Ooh. Yeah. New location. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a Swedish company down there that sold construction stuff. Ikea. G- yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nailed it. You can call him out by name. You're in charge of the meatballs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's the meatball manager. <laughs> yes. You just call him manager. Okay. Not meatball manager. You just call him manager. <laughs> no, he's, but he's the manager of the meatballs. Anyway. Don't disrespect him. So Manage he stayed balls. there about... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so he stayed there about six months. <clears throat> and after that, he took a, a job at a branch office uh, of a bank in Holland Ooh. or the Netherlands with the Dutch. Um, with the Dutch. A bank. All right. Yeah. So he spent the rest of the year there. And then in 1936, he came back to Sweden and got a job in Stockholm to help... Um, uh, I'm sorry, with the help of his dad's cousin and his uh, godfather, sorry, I almost said grandfather, <laughs> Jacob Wallenberg, um, at the Central European Trading Company, which is an import-export oh. company, trading between Stockholm and Central Europe. And that was owned by Kalman Lauer, a Hungarian Jew. So... Now, in mm. all three of these jobs, he actually came into contact with a lot of different um, Jewish refugees. Sure. I'm sure. Who were telling him stories about what was happening in Germany and what was happening to their people oh. and why they were fleeing. And uh, it made him extremely concerned for the Jewish people because he's also like one-eighth Jewish, I believe. One of his grandfathers is Jewish. Um, And he never shied away from that heritage or that part of his life, but he um, was very concerned and it very much changed him. And that sets the stage for next episode... When oh. we talk about what Rudy does during World War II. Rudy. 
World War Two, the Rudemeister, <laughs> the 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 Rudinator, the Rudening, <laughs> the Rudening. Oh yeah, no. Two I just, in the pink, one in the I sink, and the Rudening. <laughs> I had to set the stage because, girl, next episode, this shit gets off the fucking chain. Crazy. I'm so excited. Gosh, I'm going to have to look up more train robberies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Baller, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, Lord. Well, Samuel, I've got some shit that you need to get. Ooh. Are you ready? Uh, Bitch, I was born ready. Get that shit. Mm-hmm. Forget whoop, whoop. that shit. All right. So uh, our get that shit this mm-hmm. week comes from uh, our little baby hometown that we go to visit, the town that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And they have what's called Fair on the Square. And it is. So white. So Midwestern. It's so so much Midwest. <laughs> oh, Lord. It wouldn't be an episode. I hit my mic. There we go. Yeah. It's a good one. Nailed it. Nailed it. We're done. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fair on the Square, uh, walking around. There was a uh, booth that I couldn't get away from. They have some of the best stickers, magnets. They have no candles. I'm sure that they have candles, but no, I didn't come away with a candle. They have water bottle stickers that are tough enough and they stay on and all Mm -hmm. of this. They also have a sticker that's like a fuzzy textured strip that you can stick onto your phone case so you can fidget with it without like picking at. Yes, it's meant for like, you know, picking and whatnot. I'm a fidgeter. I listen. I'm gonna be real vulnerable with you guys right now. Real truthful. Veil's coming down. Oh, the Hoover Dam yeah. is having the spillway opened a little listen, bit. Listen, I'm a scalp picker when I'm anxious and uh, like, oh, girl, I have dry scalp, so like, don't worry. There are things there. Oh, and I also have psoriasis, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love these things. So a <laughs> a storied sticker. Jesus Christ. There are so many, so many. There's uh, an axolotl, and it says questions. <laughs> uh, but the ones that we got um, is we have a little gay pride chevron, and doing it says doing what I can with what I have. Uh, which is so true right now. We also have one that has a little campfire and it says burn racists, not witches. Duh. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, the owner, they were so nice to give me and my goddaughter a little package of free water bottle stickers. And um, three of them are glittery. There's an octopus and a dragon corn and a cat. And then there's a little owl, and it's so cute. Oh, I also got another sticker that is emotional support water bottle. Yeah, it's a sticker of an emotional support water bottle that you can, and says emotional support. 
that yes. you can then take that sticker, that emotional support water bottle sticker, and stick it on your emotional support water yes. bottle. It's pretty cute. So a storied sticker has handmade stickers, buttons, magnets, stationery, and accessories. Um, you can also do custom sticker orders through them. Oh, yeah, totally. Yes, yes. So um, on all of the socials, a storied sticker at a storied sticker. Uh, we'll put up pictures of ours. I'll have to oh, yeah. put my stickers on we the water bottle. We have a stained glass rhino that says curvy unicorn. Yes, curvy unicorn. I love it. Uh, we have another one. I can't remember what it is, but. um, What is it? It's a, I, I don't know, a be positive one. Kind of. uh, it's there's a, it's one that says be one. a kind person, and there's another yeah. one that says, um, I can, I will, watch me. Watch me, watch me. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Me too. It's a good, because we can. We've seen, we saw, we conquered. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, with those wise words of wisdom. <laughs> You're uh, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us for yeah. our... Another amazing episode. It was great to get back on the hot mics yeah, for you. Yeah, we missed it. Yeah, a lot. A lot. So stick around. We'll see you guys Stick again. around stick with a storied around. sticker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, well. While you guys are out there choosing your favorite stickers, stationaries, and accessories, Make sure that we're in your earballs. You can find us on all the different streaming platforms, including Podbean, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. If you would like to see our awkward shenanigans, you can visit our Instagram or YouTube channel at GTS underscore podcast. While you're there, please like, follow, and subscribe so we can continue to grow our ship. Check out our link tree. Like a compost pile. Like a compost pile. Exactly. Steamy. <laughs> to find our website. Steamy with fresh content. Yes. <laughs> YouTube channel, episode resources, and much more. Give us a holler if you have a small business you want to hype or a topic you don't want to do homework on. Send all of your shit to get this shit podcast at gmail.com. Spell that shit out. Yeah, yeah. See, I finally gave it to you. You're you did. End. Now you so, can call Cassie out on her bullshit. Yeah. If you want to do that too, you can totally. Yeah. My Instagram, at underscore Casquatch. <laughs> Tell me. I'll review it. My Instagram is at uh, get the Sam. Yes, get the Sam. That's a good one. Yeah. Good good promo, my guy. Pretty good stuff. I Proud of you. <laughs> All right. Well. You guys uh, be good out there. Love and light. Love you guys. And on fire. Bye. Bye. Watch out for those aliens. (laughs) 